Hey there, before we get started, I always forget to say this. Would you please go and take a moment and rate and review the podcast, wherever you listen to the podcast. It's super helpful, it helps people find the show, and it also gives me good feedback on how I can be making the show better, or how I can continue to be awesome. That was uncomfortable for me to say. Okay, thanks for doing that. All right, now we'll get started. Here we go. Welcome to Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. We, we hope, hope you enjoy, enjoy the show. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Eve and Lucy. And hi there. Welcome back. We took a week off last week for Thanksgiving. I hope you had a nice restful day. I know some of you aren't even in America and don't even celebrate Thanksgiving. So maybe I just hope last Thursday was lovely for you, whoever you are. My name is Eddie Koffeltz. This is Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. This is a show, uh, it's kind of a memoir kind of show. I'm starting to put language to it, starting to form it here in our, what, 13th week together. And in this show, we're going to find ways to traverse life together. Some of those ways are going to be really random and small and silly. Some are going to be big and brave and scary. And we're going to talk about failures because we're not perfect, but we're just going to be doing the best we can. Uh, this week is no exception. I am uh, curious about what we think about this week. Just so you know, the format of every show is generally the same. At the beginning, I'm going to share kind of the, the main thought I had for this week. By the way, this lives in its purest form as a newsletter. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, please do that. EddieKoffoltz.com. Subscribe over there. Uh, and then the second part of this show is we'll talk a bit uh, about kind of whatever. It's kind of a free skate section. Uh, today, I think we're going to hear from some of you. Um, and then finally, we'll just kind of close it out if there's any fun little giveaways, which there's not this week, but we'll be those will be at the end of the show. And also, this show is live. Uh, one take, start to front, beginning to end. Uh, do that uh, really primarily because I want this to be the most honest take of whatever I'm talking about as possible. This is my first read through of it out loud. It's just us uh, and it's just me talking to you and hopefully kind of the live element isn't too distracting and it pulls down the veil a bit. We'll see about that. Okay, with no further look at that with no further ado, let's get into the main thought for this week. Issue 13, Writing Our Memoirs. I've been on a memoir kick lately, and isn't a kick just the best? It's just delicious, provided it's a relatively non-life-threatening kind of kick. It's just my favorite. It's a great little bit of escapism. In the past month, I've read, and now I'm going to read to you a list. I'll put all of these lists. Well, the list is all over in the newsletter, uh, but I'll read you the book and tell you a little bit about what it's about. So the first one is, who thought this was a good idea? And other questions you should have answers to when you work in the White House by Alyssa Mastromonaco. In this, Alyssa gives a humorous and revealing look at the Obama White House and how she navigated her rising star career as a young woman in D.C. I love that book. The next one is Wild, From Lost to Found on the Pacific Crest Trail. Pacific Crest Trail by Cheryl Strayed. In this, Cheryl shocked me with her fearless recounting of her life set against the backdrop of hiking the PCT. The next one I read was Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. While Phil's descriptions of other people groups felt a bit dated, and I suspect they were dated when originally published in 2016, it was fascinating to learn about the world of corporate growth and international trade as told by Nike's founder. The next one I read was On Writing, a memoir of the craft by Stephen King. This was part memoir, part how to construct a uh, how to construct and think about writing fiction. 
This book really is required reading for anyone who dabbles in writing. Plus, it's not scary, which is a must for me. And Finding Me is what I'm reading right now by Viola Davis, and it just became available at the library. So I'll let you know anything about that later. But somewhere in the middle of Shoe Dog, I found myself considering why I was so attracted to the stories of other people, even those I don't have much in common with. I have no desire to do a high-stress logistics job for the White House. I have never done hard drugs and hiked the PCT. I was exhausted by Phil's justification of his work at Nike over his family, and I'm not a suspense fiction writer yet. But in reading these works, something more than cheap voyeurism continued to draw me in. The short Freudian hop here is obvious, because I'm in the middle of my own sloppy efforts to strike out into the memoir backcountry, I'm into other stories as a means of improving my own craft. Sure, there's truth in that, right? Of course. And I should be learning from the greats if I ever uh, have a hope of making this project worth your time. But more than that, I've come to love how a memoir doesn't have an implicit moral. There's no next step or defined goal. It's simply the author telling you something that happened, and the rest is on the reader to make of it what they will. I felt this very distinctly with Wilde. I couldn't. I could tell that I wasn't who Cheryl Strayed had in mind when she was writing, but because of her impressive talents of reflection and uh, description, I was right there with her. I was mourning my own losses. I was tired and scared and introspective. I was wanting a snap of lemonade. That would make sense if you read the book. And trekking beside her, I was even her at times, and that's the magic. Those are the moments when I was Cheryl, Alyssa, Phil, or Stephen. And all of that happened without them telling me how to feel or what I should do with their story. By contrast, salespeople and pastors often take this a step too far. They tell you an amazing story and compel you to the core. Then they educate you on how you should apply what they just said. As a former pastor and as a former salesman, that was my go-to device. Let me uh, give you a poorly executed but seasonal example. All right, here's the example. Well, a huge thank you to the Cherub Choir for that special rendition of We Three Kings. The rap in the middle was rad, my homies. The congregation would have really laughed at that joke. They would have loved it. You know, every time I hear that song, I think about the Three Kings and what it must have been like for them. They were tricked by a jealous ruler who was so afraid of the legitimacy of Jesus that he sent them to spy. But they had a dream, a collective gut check, and they knew that what they were being asked to do wasn't right. Okay, now here's the turn. Here's the turn. Here's where I start to tell you what to do. Have you ever had a premonition that you needed to do something? Maybe you're sitting here right now with a pit in your stomach and you know that your gut is telling you that it's time to make that phone call and heal that relationship. Maybe your dreams are as clear as day and they are taking you to a place where you're finally free of addiction. Maybe you're sitting here right now nervous because you know you're being told to tithe off the gross instead of the net and you've just been ignoring it. Well, my friend, think of the three kings <laughs> okay i reiterate that was a terrible example it was amusing to me to try to preach it just then <laughs> and to write and i hope it serves to illustrate my thinking stories don't need to have a point in order to be meaningful most of the time it's better to just speak the truth and trust that the receiver is more compelled by being in your world than by being told how to live in theirs if i had just stopped at the description of the wise men your imagination and intellect would have done the rest. And in doing that, you would have had a much more powerful experience. But I cheapened it 
by telling you how to apply my thinking to your life, which removes the element of you being surprised by your own wisdom. This is a lesson I have to keep learning. Oh, how I have absolutely longed to end the last newsletter that I want, wrote, the one about Overeaters Anonymous, with some kind of call to action. I wanted to say to you, hey, you can do this. Get to an OA meeting. You've got this. But that won't really move anyone to do anything. So here I sit, eking out my little stories and constantly wondering, what's the point of all this? Does the world really need another random person talking about themselves? I don't know. But also, I didn't need to get hit by a car today during my lunch break. Yet Stephen King shared with me a story of survival in his memoir, and something in me is ever so slightly expanded because of what I experienced through him. Stories are special in that way. The storyteller and the receiver are both better because of the shared transaction. I don't get it, but I've been the recipient of it time and time again. So here we are. Thank you for reading. Okay, so we have come to the portion of the show called the Free Skate, where I get to do whatever I want. And one of my favorite things to do, and I'll do this uh, more frequently, I really, like, really love this, is talking a bit about uh, hearing your voice messages uh, and and uh, just getting to hear from you. I love hearing other people's voices on the show, which reminds me, we got to get Uncle Jimmy back on, right? Okay, we'll get Uncle Jimmy back on. If you see him, invite him. That's how we should do it. If you see Uncle Jimmy in person... <laughs> or online, please invite him to be back on the show. We'll see how long it takes for the message to get to him. Anyway, uh, we're going to play a couple of voice messages today. I'm going to set the context for them uh, because they're all kind of in response to other shows, and maybe this is your first time uh, listening. But the first is, um, actually, I'm not going to say her name because I'm, I wasn't 100% sure she wanted her name said, and so she said her name, and I edited that part out earlier on. Um, but she called and responded very very warmly and generously, like too generously, but very sweetly to um, the article that I wrote last week. As I mentioned, it was about Overeaters Anonymous and my time uh, as a part of that program. So uh, I thought in the interest of not just sharing my story, but hearing from others who have been a part of that program and in the interest of all of us, right? right? When we share our story, all boats rise. I guess that's probably what I should have just said in the article I just read. Um, I, I wanted us to hear from uh, this person. So sorry, I'm not saying your name. But here we go. Um, thanks for talking about OA. I joined the fellowship in April, and it's been a beautiful life-saving force for me. Um, you know, I binged um, on my way to the first meeting and coming from the first meeting. Um, but those people never judged me. They never criticized me. They just gave me hope and a fellowship that really understood my story. And because of OA, I am returning to a healthy weight. But more importantly, I'm returning to my true self. And the 12 steps are bringing life back into my eyes. So thank you for using your platform to spread the message and get people informed. Um, it is wildly important and pretty sure that you just saved a couple lives. So thank you again. Well, thank you for that. I, uh, I'm certain I did not save anyone's life, but I am uh, certain that it meant a lot that you shared a bit about your story. And thank you for uh, being generous enough to call and share it with us and yeah, I hope we get to hear from you again. Look at you. You're really doing it. Okay. The next person, uh, I can't share her name. Her name is Smith. 
Um, Smith is a teacher. And so a couple episodes ago, I'm losing track of when it was, but at some point I said, Hey, if you ever need help with a podcast, let me know. I love helping getting people to help with, I love giving help with podcasts. And so, Oh, speaking of which, Oh, there we go. I felt like naked out here without music behind me (laughs) all this time, but it's live. It's what we do. Uh, so anyhow, um, Smith called, uh, and then Smith called and left this message. Hi, Eddie. My name is Smith. I am 25. I live in Seattle, Washington, and I'm a high school teacher, 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, and I am writing a book right now geared towards high schoolers and young people, early college, about navigating life's change and transition. And I'm really interested in starting a podcast about this and having some high schoolers on the podcast, some parents, and just hoping it would be helpful to them. So I would love to chat about this with you on your podcast. If you're interested, would love to chat. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, Smith, a couple things. One, Seattle is the best. I lived there for a few years. It is the best city. I would talk about Seattle all day. Two, Smith is a very cool name. Three, uh, when people leave messages they they don't have their there's no way to get back with them so smith email me eddie at eddiecoffelts.com i would love to talk about uh podcasting with you and yes let's record it i know that that's a weird way to talk to someone but somebody but let's record it and maybe what we uh share with each other about like podcasting best practices and i have no idea whatever we end up talking about to help you start your podcast maybe it would help someone else so we'll record it and uh, if it seems helpful, maybe we can release it later. So yes, Eddie at eddiecoffolds.com. I'm excited about that. I love the idea of bringing like, uh, high schoolers into that process and hearing a podcast with those voices on it. Um, yeah, that's just a fun thing about this medium. So Smith, let's talk about Seattle and let's talk about podcasting. Oh, and thank you. Thank you for leaving a message. All right. Last one, little preface. So another uh, newsletter a couple weeks ago, I talked a little bit about um, kind of knowing your audience and who you're talking to. And I spoke about that in broad terms, but also spoke about it (laughs) specifically in terms of this show. And I decided to kind of break the fourth wall and just share the current demographics of this show. So... (laughs) The, the graph in it that I shared didn't have enough people that were in the 50, uh, kind of 50 to 60 age range to, to show up on the graph. And so they weren't included in it. Um, that also coincides with it was the most vocal group of people that I could have ever possibly omitted. I cannot tell you. I have never gotten more response ever than from people that are 50 to 60 years old that were like, I wasn't on the graph. I could have omitted anybody else, but our 50 to 60 year old friends were not having it. Case in point, I would say the creme de la creme was this message that I received from Trisha. Here we go. Eddie. Hey, it's Trisha. I love your podcast. However, I listened to episode 10 and as a 51 year old woman, skier, artist, educator, former PK, very well-rounded, sort of a unicorn, I guess. I noticed I wasn't included in your demographics. So let's correct that. Interview me. Let's talk. (laughs) Would love to represent the 50-somethings out there who absolutely need to know more about you. I also sent you an email, so maybe you'll get this first. Maybe you've already read my email. I read it. But Trisha, yes. There you have it. 
Eddie. Yes, there you have it. That's how I'm going to end things. Trisha's email and message brought me such joy um, because she was uh, definitely a representation of the many messages and emails that I received. Um, People that are between the ages of 50 and 60, I am glad that you have found the show. It is an honor to be a part of this with you. (laughs) Uh, Trisha, if I ever have a need to bring on just someone to talk about what it's like to live inside that decade you are definitely the first choice and i know how to get a hold of you because you have reached out to me via many mediums okay uh, i think that is it for this week thank you all for sending in your messages you can as always email me uh hit me up on social as the youths say um or leave a message like you can leave an audio message as our friends here did today all of that is available on eddiekopfoltz.com you just kind of navigate through and you'll find and click the buttons hopefully it won't be too hard Uh, And just grateful for the three folks today who shared. Um, Just really grateful for Trisha and Smith and our first person. So that's it. We'll close things out. All right. As I have mentioned a few times, the primary device of this entire project is a newsletter. And uh, would love for you to be subscribed to that. There is always some interesting, unique stuff that is only in the newsletter. And it's free. And it comes on Thursday. Uh, And it's very helpful. So eddiecoffelts.com subscribe you can leave me a message like we just talked about uncle jimmy uh if you happen to be around him make sure to invite him back on the show but uncle jimmy uh edits the newsletter for me and really saves my bacon on a weekly basis so if you need uncle jimmy to edit anything for you you should reach out to him his link is in the uh, show notes below and really thank you this show only exists because you keep coming back um And I have seen so many of you in the Spotify wrapped things tag the show. Uh, I have read all of your emails. It is deeply moving that you come back and you engage in this, I don't know, memoir thing, right? Or we're just telling each other stories. Maybe I get to read your story or listen to it on a podcast. Let me know. Okay. I am already hard at work on next week's show. And I look forward to seeing you very soon on the next Doing the Best We Can.